Hi everyone, so welcome to the live stream today and I'm really excited for having you on the section three in our discussion on IFRS 9 financial instruments and this is the uh, final showdown as we look at the final aspect of IFRS 9 financial instruments. Like I mentioned, this is one of the primary accounting standards that you need to understand if you are going into the exam for financial reporting or corporate reporting because one way or the other, Either in the footnotes to the financial statements preparation, the examiner is going to be throwing something on financial instruments and you have to be aware of to be able to do the treatments for that. Or the examiner is going to have a dedicated five mark question in the exam hall that you need to answer relating to IFRS 9 financial instruments. And so far, we've spent some time to look at, uh, in the part one, we look at the introduction and exercise or establish a number of core pillars that we need to understand when it comes to financial instruments. In yesterday's discussion, we uh, looked at the conclusion of financial assets and then looked at the issue in relation to financial liability. Today, we're gonna to be looking at a question relating to financial liability, then definitely, we turn our attention to deal with the issue about convertible loan notes or what we call compound financial instruments and see how we can account for these financial instruments. And I see some of you guys joining the live stream. You are welcome. Give me a thumbs up on the video when you join. It helps us a lot to reach a lot of students across the continent and across the globe. And in case you've not subscribed to the channel also, do well to subscribe to the channel. Turn on the notification bell so that when we release new content and new videos, you will be the first person to be notified and join us. Now, remember that you can check the description of this video if you're on YouTube and watch the part one, the part two, so that you can get a part three as we have here. Then you'll be able to really understand exactly how all the pieces add together. But this is the final showdown, hoping that we'll be able to cover up with the final things that we need about financial instrument so if there are any questions you have you know what to do put it in a comment section for me for those of you who are watching us on youtube or put it in the chat for me for those of you who are watching us on uh youtube as well and let me hear from you and let me know what questions you have for me so we want to go straight up into it and do a quick recap. Number one, we established some fundamental principles. We mentioned that when it comes to dealing with financial instruments, primarily what you have to be interested in is the entities whose financial statement we are preparing. Is the entity issuing or selling or is the entity buying or acquiring or purchasing? Why is that important? Because if the entity is buying, acquiring or purchasing, that means we are dealing with a financial asset. We are dealing with financial assets. Then we said if the entity is issuing, selling, that means we may be dealing with an equity instrument or a financial liability. However, we established that to be able to distinguish or uh, to identify whether a financial instrument that is being issued, that is being sold, should be recognized as a financial liability or as an, equity, uh, as an equity instrument, we ask ourselves the golden rule question, which means, can, is the entity responsible to repay the uh, financial instrument? If the answer is yes, then we recognize that as a financial liability. But if it is no, the entity has no obligation to repay the financial instrument, then we recognize the financial instrument as an equity instrument. So that was the first principle that we established. The second principle is about the treatment of financial cost and financial gain. Sorry, treatment of financial cost or transaction cost. Let me put it that way. Treatment of transaction cost. What we mentioned is that 
when it comes to treatment of transaction costs, if you're in financial assets, two shows can go down. Number one is that the entity may decide to carry the financial assets at fair value through P&L. If the entity is carrying the financial asset at fair value through PL, then any transaction cost incurred in acquiring the financial instrument will be written off in the profit or loss account. But where the entity is accounting for financial instrument uh, at fair value through OCI, then any financial cost that is incurred or any transaction cost that is incurred will be included in the initial cost of the financial instrument. Does that make sense? So you saw how we do the calculation in that case. But we mentioned that if the entity is the one issuing the financial instrument, then definitely we are going to be deducting the transaction cost that is being incurred from the fair value or proceeds in the issue of the loan notes in that particular case. So that was the second principle that we established in that particular case and that is very critical very important for you to understand so let me share my screen and then let's get excited and look at the question that we need to look out for remember yesterday we ended on a question that i wanted us to uh, look at and so we're going to be going straight up into that question and see how we can deal with financial liability and deal with the issues about transaction costs for an entity in that case i see some comments coming up um, I'm going to be reading all the comments in a moment. Just want to make sure I populate them on my screen and present them to you. Give me a thumbs up, share the video. Let's reach many students. We want to reach a lot of students, okay, with these live streams, with these lecture videos. Let's together help a lot of students. So sharing the video will really help us to reach a lot of students. So do us a favor and share the video. Give me a thumbs up. It helps us a lot. Let me take a couple of questions real quick and then let's jump into our stream today. Um, I am seeing uh, our first comments coming in from Emmanuel Anand. Emmanuel has been through throughout this week. Really, that is nice. Good evening, boss. Please, what topic will you be covering next in corporate reporting? Uh, really, well, we don't have design topics available. Uh, we take the topics that you guys suggest to us. So, Emmanuel, if there is any topic you want me to cover on the live stream, you can put it in the chat because I will definitely be covering that for you. Then we see a comment coming from Isaac Ofori said, greetings, sir. I guess we are not too late. No, 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 no. We are just getting into it, Isaac. And then Kinsley. Okay, I don't know what Kinsley is mentioning there. Then uh, Bright Aite said, good evening, sir. Good evening, Bright. Then Sinclair said, um, what we got? Greetings, Inshira. Greetings, uh, Chitu, and thanks for joining us on the live stream. Edmond Apau said, good evening, sir. Good evening, Edmond. I think it's been a long time I heard from you on the live stream. I think you were one of our active viewers, or I don't know, but I think it's been a long time. I hope you're doing well, Edmond. Uh, thanks for joining us on the live stream today. So let me bring up my screen. And let's go straight up. Remember that you can uh, listen to the podcast on various platforms. Wherever you are at, just search for Insura Premium and you'll be able to listen to our podcast and get access to the lecture videos, uh, the audio lectures in that case. So let's go straight up. As you can see, there we go with my question. This was where we ended last day, uh, yesterday, not last week, yesterday. So let's go straight up into it. Let's see what we have here. Very simple, straight up. I want you to pay attention to me very well as we crunch the numbers in this case. 
So we are told that Norma issued. Okay, so issues. So immediately we hear the word issues. That means we are dealing with what? A financial liability. Sounds good? You are dealing with a financial liability because the entity is issuing. So we are dealing with a financial liability. 20,000 redeemable debentures. Keyword, redeemable debentures. Again, it means that the entity has an obligation to repay. Hence, it's a financial liability. Does that make sense? It's redeemable. The entity has an obligation to repay. Hence, it is a financial liability. At their $100 power value, right? So the face value of the loan notes is $100. Incurring issue cost of $100,000, Ghana cities, $100,000 rather, on 1st October 2021. So that is the date of acquisition in that particular case. So we are told that the debentures are redeemable at a 5% premium in four years' time. The debentures are redeemable at a 5% premium in four years' time and carry a coupon rate of 2%. The effective rate on the bond is 4.58%. So you realize that the coupon rate, that is the interest rate that the entity is going to be paying, Norma is going to be paying every year, is 2%. However, because the bond will be redeemed at a premium in four years' time, the effective rate on the bond, which has to be built over the four years, will be 4.58%. The requirement of the question is for us to calculate the amount to be shown in the statement of financial position and in the statement of profit or loss for the year ended 30th December, 31st December 2021. So what do we do here? Now, remember the date of the issue is 1st October 2021. Then the year ended in question is 31st December 2021. What does that mean? It means that we are dealing with what? A three months in the post-issue period. So the post-issue period is actually three months. The post-issue period is actually three months in that particular case. So what do we do here? Let's look at initial recognition. Stay with me carefully. So the initial recognition is for us to get a fair value of the debt instrument. So the fair value of the debt instrument, we are told, is 20,000 debentures at an amount of $100. So we multiply that up, and that gives us an amount of two million. In that case, two million. In that case, but then in the question, the examiner said we should. Uh, uh, they, they've incurred a finance cost of what? Hundred thousand dollars. Remember, we mentioned that when an entity incurs financial cost whilst issuing a financial liability or a financial instrument, what is going to be happening is that we have to subtract the uh, financial cost from the fair value of the debt in that particular case. So the initial amount of the debt that we are going to be recognizing, it's going to be the fair value 2 million minus the 100,000 that we incurred. And that's going to be 1,900,000 dollars okay so 
that could be workings one and that could be workings two in that case. So you see how we deal with the transaction cost. The transaction cost is subtracted from the fair value of the loan notes. Very, very critical, very, very important in that case. Once we have this, it means we can now deal with the subsequent measurement. Subsequent measurement. If there are any questions, you know what to do. You put it in the chat and I'm going to pick you up and read it for you. So subsequent measurement. So on subsequent measurement, what are we going to do? We're going to bring out our pro forma. We have the period up. We'll have the balance brought forward here. We have the interest the entity is going to be paying. So interest payable. Then we're going to have the interest that it will actually pay. Then we'll have the balance carry forward in that case. Slashing our currency signs. But remember, here we could tell the examiner we want to work three zeros up just to keep it a bit simpler. Here. So remember, the interest payable, it's the effective rate that is 4.58%. But the interest we will pay is the coupon rate, and that is 2% in the question. Does that make sense? The coupon rate is 2%, but then the effective rate is 4.58%. So for the first period, which is 31st December 2021, we'll bring in the initial value of 1,900. Then we bring in the interest that is payable for the period. Now remember, the date of, of issue is 1st October, but the year ended is 31st December. So that is a period of what? Three months. So we're going to calculate the interest for three months. So we take 4.58 on the 1,903 over 12. Okay, so 4.58 on the 1,900. I'm going to try to squeeze some workings here. 4.58 times 1,900 times 3 over 12. Are you getting it? So that is it, 4.58%. 4.58% times 1,009 times 3 over 12. So let's punch that out in that particular case. And that is giving us an amount of 22,000 there. So you can confirm that. Then the interest that we will actually pay, that will be on the coupon. Oh, sorry, that will be on the nominal value of the loan notes. Okay? That will be on the nominal value on the loan notes or of the loan notes. Now, what is the nominal value of the loan notes? That is the 2 million. Okay? That is the 2 million. Because the face value of the loan notes was $100. Okay? The nominal value of the loan notes was $100. And we bought 20000 so the nominal value is 2 million. So we take 2% of the 2 million, 3 over 12, and that gives us 10. Okay? So 2% of the uh, 2 million, 3 over 12, and that gives us 10. 
So we do the arithmetics together, and that gives us 1912. Any questions, please? That is the amortized cost schedule for the period. So the interest payable, this 22, is what we will take to PL. We'll extract a PL in a moment for you to see. Then the 1912 is what we will take to statement of financial position under non-current liability. Remember, this is going into PL under FC finance cost in that particular case. Any questions, please? Any idea? Any questions, please? Any questions? That is the issue about this particular one. That is the issue about this particular one. Any questions, please? So we get an initial recognition. We get a subsequent measurement for the period under review. Now, once we get this, that is not what the examiner said we should do. The requirement of the question is for us to uh, calculate the amount that will be in the financial statements. So we need to extract the financial statements. So statement of profit or loss. For the year ended, 31st December 2021. Remember, it's an extract. It's not a full financial statement. It's an extract. So we slash in our currency, three zeros up. Then we bring in finance cost, which is going to be the effective rate. Going to do this as working straight. The effective rate of 22. That will be our finance cost. Now, because it's an extract, you could decide not to put it in brackets. You will not be punished for that. Then we go to the statement of financial position. We go to the statement of financial position as at the same date, 31st December 2021. Again, that is just an extract. And we slash in our currency sign. Now, the only thing we have here, it's under liability. So we put it under non-current liability. And we're going to bring the 2% debenture. And that is from the working straight we did, the carrying amount here. One nine one two. Any questions, please? That is the answer to the question, and that is how we deal with financial liability. Any questions, please? That's how we deal with financial liabilities. Financial liabilities. Very sweet, simple, straight to the point. Very sweet, simple straight to the point any questions please see some comments coming in let's see daji jonathan said good evening first time catching you online okay daji thanks for joining us emmanuel said kindly cover advanced consolidation step acquisition in particular is quite problematic okay that's fine now remember that you can get access to all these contents like available on our online study portal. 
Because if you enroll in our full courses, 390 Ghana cities per paper, you get access to all the lecture videos covering all the topics in all the subjects that you are going to be dealing with. So sometimes certain things may delay for us to cover it on YouTube, but it's already available on our online study portal or when you join our main class, it is something that I'll be covering in the main class there. So alternatively, you can look at that as well. Eric Kando said, good evening, sir. Could you please guide us with a presentation of the solution and exactly what to look for in the question as far as this topic is concerned? Yes, uh, Eric, I think I've mentioned a, a couple of that as I'm reading the question and as I'm solving. For instance, when we pick this question up, how do we know that it's a financial liability and so we have to treat the transaction cost in the manner that we treated it? The key word is the entity issued. Okay, so if they issued, we know we are going to be dealing with either financial liability or an equity instrument. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, what they are issuing, is it redeemable? So we, we are told they issue 20,000 redeemable debentures. Redeemable means you will pay it back. Okay, so these are the words. I think I established that in the part one. In case you missed it, you can watch it. Check the description of this video. You can watch the part one and I explain what you have to look for and how to classify the items in the question. So you can watch the part one to be able to uh, guide you on how to identify those various things there. Stan Obi said, please, what is coupon rate? The coupon rate of a loan note is simply the annual interest rate payable by the uh, issuer of the loan note or the annual interest paid on the loan note to the holders of the loan notes so for instance here the coupon rate is two percent meaning if you bought buy these debentures every year you get two percent of the nominal value that is what we mean by the coupon rates okay let me know if that makes sense for you so that is how we deal with financial liability very sweet simple straight to the point so we've looked at how we deal with financial assets. We've looked at how we deal with uh, financial liability. Let's look at the third layer, and that is going to be the issue about financial uh, compound financial instruments. So compound financial instruments compound financial instruments stan obi said okay thanks all right you're welcome so compound financial instruments stay with me carefully this is where the deal is this is where the deal is now according to the standard a compound financial instrument is simply a financial instrument that involves both debts and equity instruments okay so one-liner definition we say that it refers to a financial instrument that involves both debt and equity instruments and usually arise where 
and entity issues. A, convertible or not. Whereby an entity issues a convertible loan note. So that is what we mean by compound financial instrument. Sounds good? So where an entity is issuing convertible loan notes. Now remember, this is keenly covered uh, here for us to look out for convertible loan notes. Uh, the issue here is that with convertible loan notes, what, is, what it means is that you are going to be, when you are a holder of this loan note, on the date of redemption, you could convert the loan note into shares. So it means there is some equity component in it. Now, would they convert? No, they may not convert. But the standard requires that we have to split the instrument into its equity component and then into its debt component. That is what we mean by compound financial instrument. So some questions up. Kobla. Edward said, want to join normal class? Yeah, you can uh, check the description of this video. The first link there is shrapremium.com and then uh, visit our website to enroll in the course. Or you can WhatsApp us 050-114-9296. You can see the scroller below the screen. The number is there, 050-114-9296. You can send hi on WhatsApp on this number and uh, details will be sent to you for you to know how to go about it. But in the description of this video, the very first link will take you to our website, insurapremium.com, or you can download our mobile application, Insura Premium, and also enroll in a course. It's 390 Ghana cities. Uh, Men Sanyan said, please, is this FR or CR? Both. Financial instrument is applicable in both FR or CR. So wherever you are at, it's a critical issue you must know about. Now, the issue you must understand here is that when dealing with financial instruments, there are a number of interest rates that the examiner is going to be giving to you, and you have to be mindful of how to use those interest rates. So let's look at first the types of interest rates that the examiner may present to us when we are dealing with financial instruments. The first interest rate that the examiner may present to us is what we call the coupon rate. You are familiar with this already because that is the interest payment that uh, the entity will have for every year for you holding on the loan notes. So that is the coupon rate. We're going to be handling that later on. Second one is the effective rate. The effective rate is actually the rate of interest that you are going to pay. So this is the interest payable. Usually, this is what we take to the profit or loss account, as you saw in the question we solved a moment ago. You realize that it was the effective rate, the 22, that is what we took to the profit or loss account. So the effective rate is the interest rate that is payable by the entity, and that is what is usually taken to the profit or loss account. Then we go to the third type of interest rate, and that is interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights. Interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights. 
without conversion rights. Interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights. Now, this rate when given to us is what we will use to discount the cash flows in the calculation of debt components. So it is used as the discount rate for calculating the debt components. For calculating the debt components. That is the issue about interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rate. So these are the three interest rates that we may be given. Let me say that if the examiner does not give you interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights, then the effective rate can be used for discounting the debt. And I'll explain that in a moment as we go through the stages or the steps in that particular case. So these are the three interest rates that we need to understand when we are dealing with convertible loan notes generally. So now that we got that covered, the question we then ask ourselves is, what is the initial recognition of convertible loan notes and what is the subsequent measurement of convertible loan notes? So let's go with the initial recognition. So initial recognition. At the initial recognition, a number of steps must be followed here. Step one, we calculate the debt component. You calculate the debt component. That's the step one. How do you calculate the debt component? You calculate the debt component by discounting the cash flows using interest rate of similar bonds using the interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights using interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights That is the first step, and we're going to get into all these in a moment. Then the second step is to calculate the equity component. Okay, so you calculate the equity component. Now, the way you calculate the equity component here is going to be pretty simple because the equity in the Financial instrument is simply going to be the proceeds you had minus the debt component, which you calculated in step one. Okay? The proceeds minus the debt component, which you calculated in step one. Then the step three is dealing with transaction cost. Please be careful here. When an entity issues transaction uh, issued con convertible loan notes and they incur transaction costs, there is a way the transaction cost is supposed to be dealt with. There is a way the transaction cost is supposed to be handled. 
Now, what happens here is that any transaction cost incurred is allocated. So any transaction cost incurred is allocated between the debt and equity the debt and equity so we allocate we share it between the debt and the equity between the debt and the equity what does that mean it means that at the end of the day we will have our debt we have our equity coming up we have the total here slashing in our currency sign we'll bring in the proceeds which was shared between the debt and the equity from step one and two respectively then any transaction cost we have is going to be shared between the debt and equity using the figures obtained in step one and step two and deducted the figure we get becomes the initial amounts to be recognized for the financial instrument does that make sense everybody good this is how we deal with convertible loan notes i see some of you guys joining you are welcome this is the final part in our discussion on financial instruments hopefully and you can check the description of this video to watch the part one the part two the part three remember to give us a thumbs up on the video because it helps us a lot to reach a lot of students just like you and the youtube algorithm will be able to push the video as well so we can reach many students so consider giving us a thumbs up and most importantly also share the video so we can reach many students watching these lectures either live or after the live stream so that is how we deal with the initial recognition of convertible loan notes very sweet simple straight to the point but what do we do on subsequent measurements what exactly do we do on subsequent measurements so on subsequent measurement the deal here is simple on subsequent measurements the debt is carried at amortized cost because it's a debt so debt is carried at amortized cost. It makes sense. That is direct. That is very simple there. But then the equity is carried at the initial amount until the date of redemption. So the equity is carried at the initial amount. At the initial amount until the date of redemption that's when the equity amount will be used again for something else in that case so that is what we do on subsequent measurements for financial instruments that is what we do on subsequent measurements for financial instrument the debt is carried at amortized cost just like what you know already then the equity 
is carried at the initial amounts that we recognized from the initial recognition and until the redemption date where we will determine what happens to that equity. Any questions, please? So now that we've looked at that, let's crunch some numbers real quick to find out how we can actually deal with this particular one. So let me bring in a question from our book here. Norma, we've dealt with that. Okay, so this is the question. Ravebone Co. Let me bring it into my slide like this. There you go. Emmanuel Anand said, kindly brush through. So this is what we are saying. At the initial recognition, we must split the convertible loan note into debt and equity. How do we do that split? We do that split by number one, calculating the debt component. How do you get a debt component? By discounting the cash flows on the debt using interest rate of similar bonds without conversion right or the effective interest rate. Then you come to step two, and that is to <coughs> sorry, that is to calculate the equity component. To calculate the equity component, we say that that is going to be equal to the proceeds you had from the issue less the debt component you calculated in step one. Then the third step is the dealing or the treatment of transaction cost. We are saying that any transaction cost incurred in issuing convertible loan notes shall be allocated between the debt and components and deducted in arriving at the initial amount to be recognized in relation to the debt and the equity. Then on subsequent measurement, we are saying that the debt is carried at amortized cost, just like what you know already from financial liability. However, the equity component is carried at that same initial amount until the date of redemption, where we will determine what happens to the figure. Where we determine what happens to the figure. So that is it about that, Emmanuel. Okay, so let's crunch some numbers here. The requirement here is simple. It says that we should calculate the current amount of the liability and equity component of the bond. The current amount of the liability and equity component of the bond. So Israel, Maubi Afa, Philip Minta, Benjamin Teria, and uh, Veronica Amenofe, 
Thank you very much for the thumbs up on Facebook. Thank you very much. So let's go on with our question. Ravebound Co. issues, mm -hmm, issues 2,000 convertible bond at the start of the year. The bond have the bonds have three year term and are issued at par with their fair value of $1,000 per bond. So here the nominal value of the bond is $1,000. Giving total proceeds to be 2 million. Okay, so here we have been given the proceeds to be 2 million. That's a fair value, no P on that. Interest is payable annually in arrears, meaning at the end of the year, at a nominal annual interest rate of 6%. Of 6%. So meaning that that is going to become what we refer to as the coupon rate. So that's our coupon rate. And that is the interest rate payable every year to these bondholders. Each bond is convertible into 250 ordinary shares. Okay. Now, note that you will deal with that particular information when you are at redemption. So, chances are 99.9% .9 of the time, if that we are dealing with convertible loan notes, you may not use that information for anything. Unless otherwise the examiner is asking us something on what happens on redemption, okay? The current amount of the liability elements of the compound instrument can be measured based on the interest rate of 9%. What does that mean? It means that this is the effective rate, which is prevailing market interest rate for similar bonds without conversion rights. So you see that in this question, the examiner didn't give us three rates. He gave us only two. He gave us the coupon rate, which is the 6%, and then 9%, which he says it is the uh, interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights. And like I mentioned earlier, interest rate of similar bonds without conversion rights can also be treated as what? The effective interest rate on the bond. Relevant discount rates. Present value of 9% interest rate after three years is 0 0.772. Then cumulative present value of 9% rate after three years is 2.31. So this is what we have as our question. So let's look at a solution that we're going to be setting up for our company that is Raveborn Co. That is Raveborn Co. So let's go. Step one, what did we say? Step one, we said we calculate the debt components. How do you get a debt component? By discounting the cash flows into uh, present terms using interest rate of similar bonds without conversion right. So what do we do? We set out our discount thing. So we're going to be bringing in the cash flows. 
we bring in the discount factor, then we'll get a present value. Now the discount factor is at 9%. So we bring in the interest. Now the question we ask ourselves is what is the annual interest the entity is going to be paying? So I'm going to put that above here, interest payment. And that's going to be 6% of the coupon rate, which is $2 million. And so when you multiply that up, that gives us 120000 You can confirm that. So that is the 120,000 receivable between year one and year three. So from year one to three, we receive 120,000. So that is the same figure being received over three years. So we're going to use the annuity factor and the annuity factor in the question is 2.531. All right. So you multiply it up and we get 303. Seven to zero. Then remember, we were told that it will be uh, redeemed. Are we told anything about the redemption? Let's see. No, we were not told anything about the redemption, but we will assume here that it is going to be redeemed at par. So on redemption, the bondholders will get their one thousand two hundred. Bond, what's the fair value of the bond? Two million, rather. Sorry, they get their two million bond up because it will be redeemed at the face value. Then we bring the discount factor for the third year 0.772. So you multiply up, and that gives us 1544,000. You add it up, and that gives us the debt components. Sounds good? You add it up, and that gives us the debt components. And when we add, we get 1847720. 1847720. Then we bring in the proceeds. The proceeds we are having is two million. What it means is that the balancing figure is what becomes the equity component. And the balancing figure is one five two two eighty. So this is the initial amount to be recognized. This is the initial amount to be recognized. Any questions, please? Now, in this question, we are told that the, oh, we are not told anything about issue cost. So there is no transaction cost here. So we're going to just overlook that and go away. 
So this becomes the initial cost. So Martin Akrofi said, sir, what about if it was first issued on second month of the first year? Will it be treated? The time that a bond is issued is going to just affect the interest that we are going to be having at the end of the day, which is the subsequent measurement. But that doesn't affect the initial recognition. So the time of issue is only going to come in when you're calculating the interest payment, just like how we saw for the question here, for this question. You realize that this question, it was in October, the year ended is in December, so three months to the year end, hence we took it into consideration when calculating the interest. So the time of the issue will come in when we are dealing with what? The interest calculation. But for the initial recognition, there is nothing going to be affecting it based on the time that we are issuing it. Let me know if that makes sense. So once we have this, we go to subsequent measurement. Subsequent measurement. So on the subsequent measurement, what did we say we do? On subsequent measurement, we said that the entity should account for the debt instrument as amortized cost in that particular case. What about if there is a transaction cost? If there is a transaction cost, we've stated it would have been deducted from each of these figures as we illustrated in the pro forma. So if it was a transaction cost, you're going to be sharing it between the debt and the equity under review. But in this question, there was no transaction cost. If there were, we will subtract it from both the 1847750 and 1522280 by calculating the amounts allocated to each of them. So on subsequent measurements, we look at the amortized cost schedule. And with the amortized cost schedule, we bring in the period under review. We bring in the balance brought forward. We bring in the interest that is at 9%. We bring in the interest that we're going to pay. That's at 6%. And then we get a closing balance like this. Slashing our currency signs. Then the date of the issue is 20x2. The opening balance of the debt is 1847720. 1847720. Okay. So we take 9% of 
And that gives us an amount of 166295. But then the 6% will be on the coupon rate, which is the 2 million. And that was dealt with earlier. And we got a figure of 120,000. So you less that, and that gives you the current amount of the bond. 1894. And 15. 1894 and 15. So that is how we deal with that issue there in that case. So once we are done with this, we can now extract the financial statement. So statement of profit or loss, that's an extract. Slash in our currency signs, we're going to have finance cost coming in. From the workings we did here, we could call this workings one and call this workings two. So the finance cost here is the effective rate. 166295. That's negated. And that's all about a profit or loss account. Then we go to statement of financial position. Also an extract. Why are we deducting the 120 and adding the interest 9%? Yes, that's what we illustrated from our pro forma here. Is that not what we illustrated here? Sorry, when we're looking at the amortized cost schedule. When we're looking at the amortized cost schedule, the interest payment is deducted and the effective rate is added. So yes. That's what we are doing. So in the statement of financial position, here we have equity. And under equity, we have what we call other components of equity. Other components of equity. And in the other component of equity, this is where we bring in the equity component of the loan notes, which is the 152280. So that will be under equity as other components of equity. Then we bring in liability. And under non-current liability, will bring 6% convertible loan notes. And that is where we get a carrying amount of the convertible loan notes. That is 1894 
and 15. This is the answer to the question, and that is how we deal with compound financial instruments. That's how we deal with compound financial instruments. That's how we deal with compound financial instruments. I am unable to be attentive today because I have a patient being hospitalized. Oh, sorry about that. We pray and hope that the person gets well soon. You can watch the playback always because it's available on YouTube for you to watch back or even on Facebook if you want to still be on Facebook to watch it in that case. Now, this is how we do. So the equity will still be carried like that over the three years. And in the third year, when people are converting, that is where we would determine how this equity is going to be treated in that particular case. And that is what you must understand about compound financial instruments. Any questions for me, please? Any questions? That is what we need to understand about compound financial instruments when it comes to dealing with uh, this particular one. Now, on the date of redemption, this is what is going to be happening. Two options are available to the holders of the bond. Either they take their money, that's the first option. If they decide to take their money, double entry is we will de-recognize the convertible loan notes. So we will debit convertible loan notes to de-recognize it with whatever amounts that is we are giving to them. And then we'll credit cash for the money we are giving to them. So this is de-recognition of the bond. But remember, if you pay them their money like this, the equity is still in your book. So if they decide to take their money, what is going to be happening is that you are going to reclassify that equity component as undistributable reserves. So there is going to be reclassification of the equity component as undistributable reserves. As undistributable reserves or reserve so that is what we do when they take their cash we de-recognize the loan notes credit our cash book but that equity components we recognize at the beginning of the loan notes is our profit 
So it will be reclassified usually as undistributable reserve. So it will still be in the statement of financial position, but this time around as undistributable reserves. But what if they don't take their cash and they convert? If they decide to convert, then what is going to be happening here is that we need to de-recognize, yes, the debt component. So we de-recognize the convertible loan note by debiting it. We need to de-recognize also the equity. The equity component. Then what's going to be happening is that we will credit share capital for the value of the share that they are receiving. Any amount in excess will be credited to the share premium account. Any amount in excess will be credited to the share premium account. Now, remember the share premium account or what is called a share deal account. That's another name for it. What is called a share deal account is an account prepared by an entity to take care of profits arising from the issue of uh, shares. Okay? So, realize that in either case, the company is likely to win. When they take their money, the equity we recognize at the beginning of the year will be still part of our equity usually, but reclassified as undistributable reserves. If they decide to convert into uh, shares, it's likely that we are issuing shares less than the value of how much we should have given them inclusive of the equity component. Hence, the balancing figure will be going into share premium because here we are issuing them shares. This is what you must understand, and this is what, like I told you, I mentioned to you in the beginning here that the equity component is carried at the initial amount until the date of redemption. So it is the date of redemption, what the bondholders do, that determines what happens to the equity component. Any questions, please? Any questions? Any questions? Some Israel said, so far, so good, sir. Okay, that is awesome to hear. That is awesome to hear. So basically, when we talk about financial instruments, these are the issues that we need to understand. Now, there are other issues remaining in financial instruments. Number one is factoring of debts. It's a financial instrument. There is a, a treatment of that. I think that was uh, there in the corporate reporting November 2021 examination. In corporate reporting, the financial instrument that came, the financial instrument question that came was about factoring of debt. Then we also have issues that relates to uh, when bonds are issued at below market value. So for instance, usually when bonds occur between uh, related parties, 
If bonds occur between related parties, what is going to be happening is that the bonds will be issued at below market value. When bonds are issued at below market value, there is a way we treat that excess interest in the entity's uh, books. That is also another uh, second aspect of financial instruments. Then the third aspect is also going to be the issue about hedging of financial instruments. Usually, it's going to become hedging of derivative financial instruments. Like, for instance, an entity uh, has currency options, currency features, currency uh, uh, swaps, and all that. If an entity has any of those things, then they are going to be hedging it as well in that case. So these are three other issues that you must understand about financial instruments, but certainly time may not permit me to cover these things because if, if not, I mean, this whole lecture will become really a long thing on just financial instruments. So these are some other issues that you need to understand. Like I mentioned, factoring of debtors, then dealing with issues about uh, bond issue at below market value, and then hedging, and then hedging. So these are other three issues that you must understand about financial instruments on the advanced level or advanced perspective in that particular case. So that is the issue about that. Any questions for me, please? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Like I said, remember you can listen to the audio lectures on all uh, podcast streaming platforms, wherever you are at Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. And my team has just announced or uh, informed me that we are going to be on Audible and Amazon podcast uh, pretty by tomorrow in that case. So uh, for those of you on Audible and Apple pod, uh, Google, Amazon podcast, sorry, you are going to be getting access to the insurer premium thing. And we are seeking to enter all the podcast platforms that are available. So wherever you get your podcast from, just search for insurer premium. And I'm going to be popping up and assisting you in order for you to prepare for the examination. So that is what you must understand generally about financial instruments, okay? Generally about financial instruments. Any questions for me? Any questions for me? Emmanuel Anand said, are we meeting tomorrow? Are we meeting tomorrow, please? Yes, tomorrow I'll be coming your way at 4.30 p.m., uh, same time as we continue with our discussion. But what to be discussed tomorrow will be posted on my Instagram page. So you can follow me on Instagram as well to be notified on what will be discussed on tomorrow and subsequent lectures. So you follow me on Instagram and whatever is supposed to be discussed will be posted there in the morning usually so that you can plan. If it relates to something you are learning, then you can join us on the live stream uh, there. I'm thinking about it if I need to look at those other three aspects of financial instruments, like factoring of debt, like uh, issue of loan notes below the market value, and also the issue about uh, edging. I don't know if uh, I need to look at that, uh, just that I don't want this financial instrument thing to be a lot <laughs> lectures like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking about it, how... We will go through that. 
Timothy Ahad says, good evening, sir. Good evening, Timothy. I hope that you're doing well. Uh, thanks for joining us on the live stream. Okay, so that is it basically about uh, that. And I'm going to be concluding around here. Like I said, if there are any questions, you can send us a message on WhatsApp, 050-114-9296, 050-114-9296. If you are outside Ghana, the country code is plus 233. You add that, and then in that case, the zero doesn't come, and then you'll be able to WhatsApp us. However, you can visit our website, insurapremium.com or download our mobile application. That is the Insura Premium application on the App Store uh, for iPhone users or the Google Play Store for the Android users as well so that you can really get access to content. In our application, you get access to lecture videos, blogs on topical issues, and we keep on updating their content in the application on consistent basis. So you want to make sure that you get access to that as well so you can follow me very well. So that's it about that. Thank you very much for joining me. And I'll catch you same time tomorrow. Safo Ajeman, uh, Fridua, thanks very much for the thumbs up on Facebook. Really appreciate it. And thanks, you guys, for joining us and giving us a thumbs up, sharing the content so that we can reach various students across the country and across the continent as well. So I'll see you same time tomorrow as we continue with our discussion. Till we meet again, stay safe and stay blessed. Bye-bye.